0: You have tuned into The Voice of Medicine, the medical podcast filled with remarkable stories, first-hand experience, important research, and valuable life lessons. Open your mind, relax, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Voice of Medicine. Today with me, Michael, once again, and a very special guest from Spain. Well, not originally from Spain, but now working for a very long time in Spain in the field of in vitro fertilization. Please welcome Inge Cormeling. Inge Cormelling is a CEO of Clinica Tambre, which is a very famous clinic for fertility treatments. She's an amazing person. When she talks to you, your, your day gets brighter. Um... You know, she's a very, she's a very sharp and clever thinking businesswoman. There is a story to why she is working the field of fertility treatment. I have to say I'm very honored that she took her time to tell us some of the touching stories that she's going through with her patients at the clinic. And she's also going to tell us some, some insider info about why her clinic is one of the best, if not the best, in Europe, maybe in the world. Um, In fact, the German national television actually made a little scope interview on her. So dive into this talk, and I hope you're going to learn something from it. Inge, hi, welcome to The Voice of Medicine. Um, I would start right off with the first question is, so Clinica Tambre is very well known in the world for, you know, the high-quality standards. Uh, You're very popular, you have have, uh, patients from all around the world, and I would like you to introduce us a little bit to the clinic and why is it so good that people come all across the globe, um, you know, when they have fertility issues?
1: Yes, well, the reason actually why so many people, not only from domestics so here from Madrid, but also from all over the world traveling to, to Spain, is of course that we have uh, an excellent reputation. I mean, the Clinic at Summer is one of the first clinics to start here in Spain. That's more than uh, 40 years uh, ago under the lead of our founder, Dr. Pedro Caballero. Uh, Dr. Pedro Caballero was actually one of the the persons that helped to write the very advanced legislation on artificial reproductive uh, medicine. Um, And the reason why we stand out is that not only that we are uh, pioneers in in science, uh, we've used the latest technologies, we're very advanced in our protocols, Um, but also because of our human approach. Uh, That means means that we see the person behind the patient. Um, So we connect, actually, you could say, science with hope and dreams. So once people come over to our clinic, um, uh, we don't only provide them with the most latest uh, technologies and all the treatments um, and hand out a personalized uh, treatment plan, but also the whole uh, treatment, the whole patient journey, has to be as positive as possible, so you can see uh, different teams uh, for patients in terms of uh, native English, native German, uh, native French, native Italian, and also uh, native Dutch. Since uh, I came on board uh, uh, about a year ago, uh, and you can tell the and results. Eh, of course, our main uh, goal, of course, is that everybody has a healthy uh, pregnancy and healthy baby, but also that the whole patient journey is as positive as possible. So. Um uh, um you can see it in our, our team that when you walk around the clinic everybody's very positive, very happy um very caring, so that means that we don't only select our uh team on that they should be very competent that they should be very skilled and experienced of course um but also that they have that empathy that's so important uh, uh when you treat people um because in the end of the the day uh, people that come for us uh, to us from all over the world um, are persons that have, on average, about three point four failed uh, fertility cycle, and in many cases, we are the last hope for them to fulfill the dreams of uh, of becoming parents. And also, we're so happy that we really can uh, can help them and uh, to make their dreams come true. Wow.
0: Well, you named a um, couple of things which I want to uh, touch upon. You know, um, so first of all, your institution has a remarkable rich history. So, as you said, over forty years. Now, the first thing that you mentioned is that. You're, you're technologically, um, you know, ahead, that you're, you know, you, the research was driven. Can you give us some, some concrete examples? What do you exactly do um, in terms of, of this technological research side of, of, of the medicine that puts you basically on the spotlight? Yes,
1: well, um, well the reason that we are, I think we are uh, way ahead uh, compared to other clinics is that a patient comes to, our, to, our, to visit us, that we first investigate What has we done in the past and what we have to and what can we do different in order to obtain that so one result of of having a becoming pregnant and having a healthy baby? So it means that first we, uh, we investigate uh, uh, the male factors or semen. We have advanced semen analysis. Um, uh, Then we, of course, we investigate uh, uh, the quality of the oversight and the quality of the embryo, but also we want to repair the uterus, the womb. As good as possible. So we have many technologies and different protocols uh, that we investigate the male factor. We investigate, of course, the oocyte and the embryo, which if not uh, doesn't have any chromosomal uh, abnormalities. And then, of course, we also investigate the womb that is uh, as um, receptive as possible to uh, transfer and to receive actually the the, the healthy embryo. Um, so those are those factors that we investigate. Now, on the other hand. Um we have a great team. Recently we uh we concluded agreement with Professor George Harper from the UCL, the famous university in uh, in London. Professor Harper, she's uh, a great embryologist with a both a great lecturer and, and performing many uh, studies. So she's our scientific advisor and we're going to start uh, uh four new studies uh, and again to improve our protocols but also to teach other clinics, you know how we uh, perform medicine because in the end we also believe that teaching is very important so we we investigate we teach we share our knowledge as well uh, in order that it's Positive for, for all of patients who are still looking to, um, to, uh, to become pregnant.
0: This is really great. And through this process, you're continuously getting better and better, which then again, you know, um, goes basically um, for, the, for the, advantage of, uh, the advantages of the patients that are coming to you. The second thing that you named was your personnel in terms of um, how the service is, is um, you know, offered to your patients. And you mentioned empathy. And I had to think, you know, um, I had to think about what once uh, my grandfather told me. He said, you can have the best product, but every service is only as good as the people who perform the service. And he always said this about uh, gastronomy and waiters. You know, I mean, the chef can cook you a beautiful, great, tasty meal. But if the waiter brings it in a way that you don't like it, um, you, you will probably dislike the whole experience. So what is your... Um, way of, of picking staff or how do you how do you look for the right employees to make sure that your patients really feel treated um, in a unique way?
1: Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's actually a very good question. Um, well, that's, that's all when you recruit that in the end it's about the recruiting process. So then of course you have a look what, uh, what experience they have if they have any. Uh, so we only think about not part of uh, that they have to be skilled and experienced, but the part about the human approach part. Uh, that's actually what you can tell quite quickly in an interview, so that people have that empathy and you can understand, they can understand what people have been going through before they come here. So, uh, of course, it's excellent medicine. It's outstanding medicine what we perform here with uh, with the help of related technologies. Uh, so scientifically, we are, we, are, we are absolutely pioneers compared to any other clinics. But the empathy, that's what you can tell when you interview a person, then you can really tell if they're really interested also in seeing the person, uh, behind the patient, uh, that the patient is not a number. Uh, we're speaking about human beings that uh, have gone through many, many failed IVF cycles and, 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 uh, actually also besides having the best uh, treatment plan, a personal treatment plan also need uh, a person that, uh, that cares for them. So, and that's also what I, say, as I said before, when you come to the clinic, you really can tell that from the receptionist or to the nurse, to the doctor, to the patient coordinator, you can tell that everybody cares for uh, for the patients and they want the best for them. And uh, we always do that extra step, that extra mile that, um, that if needed has to be taken, we do that uh, in order to uh, to help our patients.
0: What really amazed me is when you told me that um your staff, so you have you have a couple of people uh, with different uh, nationalities, different um um languages. so you cover languages. Why do you think this is important? Why do you think it's important if somebody comes to your clinic that he gets um he gets, Um, how should I describe it, Um, greeted and and treated in their native language?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's of a great importance uh, because not only language, that you can understand the technical part of of what has been explained or what has been told, but also it's a culture thing. Uh, It's very different, a patient from, for instance, Spain than a patient from the Netherlands where I'm from or Germany or the UK. It's a totally different culture. So you can't expect that people that come to a clinic for 24 hours or perhaps for a few days, that uh, they adapt to the the Spanish culture. So we have to adapt to the patient that comes to our clinic. Uh, So not only language, but uh, especially culture. Uh, And also uh, protocols, the way they work, perhaps back in the country, um, if it's uh, with insurance companies, if it's with... um, uh, the doctors, how they have been treated over there, that they understand where they're coming from. But it's mainly a culture thing. It's so nice that especially when you have a program that you can speak to somebody from your own country and they understand exactly what you have been going through and they understand exactly what doubts and, and fears you might have and and just to, to help them and guide them through the whole patient journey.
0: I'm thankful that you brought exactly this topic up. So when a couple with fertility issues come to you, Um, surely you have to, you know, maybe level in terms of expectation. You already said that you have to talk to them about what they have been through before they came to you. Um, but would you maybe give me, um, and and our listeners an example, what happens when a couple uh, comes first time to you? What are, for example, the um, misconceptions that they might have and you you need to kind of level with so they understand um, um, you know, what's really going on and how you can help them and maybe what things you cannot do for them
1: Yes, alright, yeah well, um, well normally when I see that patients come to a clinic they're really always um, uh, possibly surprised that we take the time for them that we, uh, that we speak to them and that we listen to them um, um that's normally said sort above of expectations. So at first, it's very important because then we learn you know what has been done in the past and we learn about the treatment and then also we learn uh, how we can improve that and improve their their possibilities to a successful pregnancy rate. um normally, are always amazed that uh, that the clinic is so international, so um and uh, and very understanding. um, so that's actually above expectation. Um, and also all the help that we, and the support we give to them. So it means that uh, we, uh, in our case, when a patient comes from abroad, there's normally it's, uh, two, two journeys. So the first journey is that uh, they come for a first visit. So we pick them up from the airport. Uh, we bring it to a hotel. We have special agreements. Uh, with have so it's more economic to, to book it this way. Uh, then they have mm-hmm. the first visit. Uh, they we do the semen analysis. So they are always surprised that we always investigate all factors before even handing out a treatment plan. So there's a totally different approach than they are used to. Um, and then also that uh, when they come back for fertilization, embryo transfer, that we really guide them to the whole process. So they're not left alone. They're not a number at a clinic. Uh, that person taken care of and, and anything that they need you know that's with the personal assistance uh that's 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 uh, normal for us so they really feel sort of tempered um, uh, because in the end what we want to do is we want to take out all the stress factors uh, that uh, that the fertility treatment um, uh, can bring along which is normal uh, especially when it's one of your last chances to to uh, achieve a healthy pregnancy uh, mm-hmm. so in general, People are very positive, and and, um, and they really are amazed uh, with the treatment they get over here, and uh, and especially knowing that we can actually help. If you look at our success rates, especially in, in, in the treatment activation, uh, nine over ten people after after the special package, they get pregnant and have a healthy baby. So it means that actually we can help almost everybody. Um and that's just amazing. So uh people really love that, yeah. And um to think about what we can't do, we can't what we can't do, uh is that we we can't guarantee uh success. We can't guarantee a hundred percent success rate because it, the end is still about the ten percent that we also don't know. And that's nature and that's very unfortunate but um but that's the part we can't do. So we can't prove a promise. We deliver what we promise, and I think we're really very good. Um, uh, To be honest, I think we're one of the best in the market due to experience, due to being pioneers, due to implementing and continuous investing in new technologies. Um, um, For instance, we have the best equipment in the market, Uh, so we invest a lot in technologies, we invest a lot in in scientific studies. Um, But it's true that by the 10%, we also can't help. Um, uh, but if we can't help them here, they can't be helped anywhere. Um, but we have to be honest about that. So, if people expect that we can guarantee hundred uh, percent we can yeah
0: absolutely. i mean the, there needs to be um you know an open discourse and transparency about this um even even yes. you as, as uh, the best institute cannot you know magically uh, uh, make people pregnant. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work. But here is the thing: I mean, um, before I I looked into this topic, um, I didn't know how common infertility really is. For me, I thought it was it was uh, rather uncommon. It's a small percentage. But you know, after looking into it, it's it's not uh, it's not as small as I thought. And the second thing, which was really unknown to me, is that um, infertility can come even after having, for example, one or two natural pregnancies already. Um, So this is something new to me. How do you deal um with, I would say, um educating your your patients um about these things, or do they already know? Because I guess some some might come to you first before they go somewhere else?
1: Yes, yeah, no, very true. Well, we, have, we have different uh, groups. The vast majority um, uh, knows that they are infertile, so it means that they are, um, because they already have had many treatments. Um, um, actually, to start with, one out of I think it's now one out of six couples uh, do face with fertility problems. And um, that's actually um, uh, that's actually the, re- the main reason why this is because of delayed parenthood. We're delaying parenthood. I mean, the ideal age for a female is to have children at the age of twenty-five, uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, we don't do it. Uh, uh, of course, there's a social uh, uh, economic reason for that, people, female, want to study, uh, uh, of course, uh, um, um, we, um, we want to work on a career, uh, so it's not the same as, as 25 or 50 years ago, and then also we have to find a partner or not, you know, in order to, uh, to that's true, that's experiment.
0: true, but do you think, if I may quickly jump in, since this is also a very important topic, and I'm, I'm happy you mentioned it, is, uh, do you think we, we are sort of, you know, as a society, putting, um, uh, putting, putting, natural pregnancies in jeopardy because we are um you know through these um well, I don't want to call it unnatural, but through other influences we are postponing the optimal um optimal phase where some uh, woman should be pregnant
1: yeah, the social we, we can call social cultural uh, changes uh, I think it that mm. that's actually also normal we, yeah we, we we age so um, uh, so, um, so we get older, but unfortunately our body clock, especially for female, doesn't feel the same about it. Uh, it's the same as 50 years ago. And, but we get older. Yeah, we have a different way of living. Uh, also modern families. a uh, reason for that for delayed parenthood. Uh, this won't change. This won't change. We can't expect now young female that just are studying that they have children at the age of 25. And then you have, uh, of course, we have to educate them. And it's actually also a question before that um, uh, many people don't know that the fertility is decreasing day by day. So as, as a female, we get bo- more with millions of oversights, but they're not only decreasing quality by year by year, but also they finish. Uh, so you get more millions, and when you're 45, you have uh, uh, perhaps 10,000, maybe 50, you have zero So, of course, we have to educate. We have to educate uh, young female about their fertility. And of course, there are solutions. You can uh, preserve your fertility, because social freezing. Um, and that means you can freeze your eggs and, and use it when it's your time, when you are ready for to become a parent. Uh, that could be a great
0: solution. Do you think there is enough of this education in terms of? I mean, I understand that these days, you know, um, th- there is possibility for a female to say, "Well, I, you know, I want to, I want to go on with career, or I want to study." There, there, I'm just, I just don't want to, want to, don't want to have a family yet, or I don't have a partner to have a family yet. Uh, but I don't. Th- but uh, and there is, as you as you introduced, there is the possibility of preserving this um, with, yes. with um, f- freezing. Um, Phrasing the eggs, but I don't think that many people know about this. Or do you feel like there is an awareness um, among younger people coming more to you and being like, Well, this is the plan, and I need a backup?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's not enough, uh, not enough. Uh awareness about it and it's definitely we should educate mm-hmm. about it because we always speak about how not to get pregnant but <laughs> we never speak about mm-hmm. how to get pregnant and how to preserve your fertility and what happens if you're 35 and you have a great career but you haven't found a part of your life or perhaps you want to do it alone what 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 are the next steps so i definitely think there's um, uh, a lack of uh, of education lack of communication on this topic we as a clinic, but in the end, yeah, we, at the moment, we just one clinic, uh, we, we do give lectures, we do we go to university, we actually have a new campaign, it's called Tempo, so it means in your time, you decide when to become a mother, uh, and, 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 and educate patients about, uh, young, young power, young power female about it. But there's definitely a lack on, on education. And that's the same because many also repeat in the patients. So uh, many patients come to us, they know about the infertility, but also others, they're 42 and they come to a clinic and then still thinking it's going to be very easy to become mother with your own ex, which is which is not the case. Um, mm-hmm. um, so there's definitely a lack of uh, information and a lack of uh, education among the, uh, amongst the, the topics, yeah. So um, perhaps also the government should uh, should speak about it and inform more uh, the people about uh, fertility uh, overall fertility actually.
0: Speaking of women um, who did not find um, a suitable partner um, but they still want to be a mom, mm-hmm. do you do you see an increase in these cases or where are they stable over the let's say I don't know past five six years? Um, or is there any development?
1: Uh, no, it's absolutely. The more and more young, young female they also decide to have, uh, to have uh, children uh, on their own.
0: So there is an increase, okay?
1: There's an increase, absolutely, this absolutely, increase. There's also an increase of uh, of female in our case, even traveled from out of the states all the way to Spain to free the eggs here at our clinic. There's also an increase of fertility preservation, uh, so there's absolute a uh, uh, trend uh, that uh, that is uh, that has started.
0: Another question which I which I had is um, when it comes to fertility. I mean, it's a, 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 every medical topic is a sensitive topic for the patient. That's for sure. But fertility, I think it's it's something even a little bit more. Uh, sensitive, since this kind of is, you know, um, the very nature of our, of, of any species is, you know, to to reproduce. So um, if, if that sort of, um, in, yeah, in a, se- in a sense fails, I guess a lot of people might be, um, have struggles dealing with that fact, right? So from a psychological perspective, um, do you have uh, sometimes maybe couples who are you know, they put maybe too much pressure on themselves, or they blame themselves. And how do you deal with that? Or maybe do you have a do you have a um, you know psychologist, a counselor, in-house counseling? You have that?
1: Yes, I think we're one of the the only clinics that invest. What I said before, not only in science and studies and and best equipment, we all, also invest a lot in uh, in the support we give to our patients. So we have an in-house psychologist. Um, she speaks many languages, so people can uh, go to her for counselling. Uh, counselling uh, about uh, what I said before: if they feel uh, perhaps responsible because they wait so long, or if, if it's a big step, if they have, if they can't use the egg, own ex, that they have to go next step, which is egg donation. Uh, But mm-hmm. and but also the male, because also males sometimes feel uh, responsible, feel guilty. So we have. Um, uh, very good uh, psychologists here in-house. So we have an immunologist, uh, but also a urologist. so um yes, yeah, so we think it's of a great importance to uh, support our patients through the whole patient journey. and if they have any questions, if any doubts or any um, psychology yeah uh, problems, uh, they can uh, reach out. Uh, uh, and speak to our psych- psychologist.
0: That's wonderful. So you, you really in your clinic take care of of the patient as a whole from you know all perspectives. Yes. That's uh, that's really remarkable. Yes. I'd be very interested how did you get into healthcare and why did you choose uh, IVF as as the uh, how should I say the environment that you want to yes. want to work in? Or was it was it just by accident?
1: No, I, I love it. I think this is the best question. <laughs> uh, so no, I love it. Uh, first of all, I, I think uh, now in the, after my it's true. I've been love. I've studied economics, so I lived and worked in five different companies, uh, five different countries. Sorry, uh, worked for many big uh, multinationals, but also my uh, my background is that I'm Dutch uh, uh, and. Uh, and uh I was uh, detected in fertility when I was not even fourteen years um uh I had my appendix it broke um at that time um, I was happy that I was alive after the operation. but it's true that I didn't have my uh tubes anymore I did have my ovaries. but I already knew from a very young age that uh I was going to need a fertility treatment in order to have children and i uh, we had a happy uh, happy family with uh Two girls of uh, identical twins of 14 years and a little boy of 8 years, but my background is besides economics and, and having worked as a business owner and leading uh, companies, uh, is actually also as a person I'm an IVF patient, and uh, so I know uh, uh, as I don't I know what people are going through. I've been going to a few fertility treatments in different clinics. So I knew exactly you know what was. Going on, and what you have to go through, and what are your doubts and your fears? Uh, back in my time, I was speaking about uh, fifteen, sixteen years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, it was a big taboo. and nobody spoke about infertility. I couldn't share it with anybody. Uh, I was very ashamed. Um, so when uh, this opportunity, about ten years, I came along to uh, to lead in the clinic. Uh, uh, in Spain I was like okay now everything is coming together
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a puzzle it's like a puzzle so all the, the experience I already have on the business level but also all the experience as an IVF patient um, I could combine and and that's the reason I think why also we have such a great success because uh, we know exactly what patients go through and where are the points of attention and uh, and, and still we learn a lot of also of the feedback of a patient of course but um uh, Having been an IVF patient and having been going through the whole process as a, as a patient uh, makes a great difference. So it's not out of the books; it's out of uh, personal experience, and it also what on a personal level it almost uh, makes me um, feel very happy and, and good when I see a patient coming to the door and I see exactly what they went through and if we can help them. And we see that we can help them; it's really very um, fulfilling. So in the end. Um, I think in this job, if you can tell a job, I actually call it my life, IVF is my life. Uh, you really can make a difference in people's lives, in people's lives. And um, yeah, I think that's the most beautiful thing anybody can, uh, can do in his life.
0: Well, thank you very much for sharing this wonderful story. And I'm, uh, you know, now also it makes sense to me why you are so driven and passionate about your job <laughs> because you've been on the other side. And, and you know exactly. what this is about. And congratulations. I'm happy that everything worked out for you. And uh, you have uh, two beautiful daughters. Um, so that's that's really great. And you're sharing this. You're helping other people uh, fulfill their dream of, of family as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw that you've been, uh, that actually the uh, national German television came to visit you guys in, in Spain. Sure. And made a, uh, made a, uh, a scope um, on you. Um, that must have been also, you know, very rewarding, I assume. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's not a little thing. The thing I wanted to ask you is y- you must probably have tons of stories uh, with couples which uh, made you happy and made them happy. But if you could pick one um, which kind of stuck maybe in your mind, uh, sort of a, you know, a special highlight uh, from from your career so far, Um would you tell us, um, you know, in brief about that?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I could tell you. Uh, actually, it's a uh, it's a Belgian couple. Um, uh,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: met them. Um, they're actually quite young. They were still three, at that time thirty-five and thirty-six years. It's quite young for IVF patients. They have had over, I think, thirteen uh, failed IVF treatments, and they had two uh, mm-hmm. two treatments treatments uh, back uh, in Belgium, all failed. Uh, when I met them, they were so devastated. And therefore, they really never would have uh, children. Um, she had uh, uh implantation failure. So we had to investigate uh, the endometrial receptivity array. Uh, uh, we had uh, uh, to test if she had a displaced uh, time window. Also with him, with him, we had to investigate his semen, uh, why we couldn't create beautiful embryos. Um, so um, we found a perfectly matching donor for them. Uh, we were able to uh, improve uh, the semen of the husband. And, uh, and the beautiful thing is that after, I think it was already the first attempt, yeah, it was the first attempt, uh, they got pregnant. And now they have uh, a beautiful boy who is now, I think, already about uh, six years. And they're very happy. And they, every year they send me messages that without me or without us, without our help, because in the end, you know, we just a little aid for them, but without our help, they never could have become parents. And uh, I've never seen people so so happy when uh, when we um, could tell them that uh, that we succeeded and they got pregnant. So uh, yeah, and there are many many stories people who have lost the hope to really think for think that they will never become parents, and they are so so sad. And when you can help them, and you see their faces when they really are pregnant and they. Uh, they give birth and, and, and have their child and their baby in arms. Uh, such a great happiness. Yeah. So uh was really uh, very um, uh, rewarding to see that. And uh, yeah, not only for me, but for everybody in the clinics, the doctors, the nurses, receptionists, and uh, Everybody, everybody um, shares the same happiness and happiness and celebrates the good news so um yeah yeah so many many stories but that's actually in particular because she had so many failed IVF cycles and uh, neck and like donation treatments that she really thought that she would never become a mother yeah and she did yeah and she did
0: thank you for telling us all the touching story and i'm I'm also happy for that couple that they made it and especially i understand when when you're at a point in your life when you lost the hope or you know you're on the brink of losing you know the last pieces of hope but then somebody actually comes through for you. That is really amazing. Inge, thank you very much for the talk. Please um, uphold your highest standards of service. Uh, uh, keep making patients <laughs> happy. Fulfill their dreams of family. Um, it was really a pleasure to talk to you.
1: All right. Well, it's a great honor to speak to you as well. And uh, thank you for the interview. And uh, yeah, and uh, wish you all the best as well. Yeah, thank you. And we will keep up the good work and welcome uh, and help as many people as we can. Yeah.
0: This was The Voice of Medicine. Make sure you tune in next time and take care.